0: Welcome to Get Well, the City of Yuma's employee wellness podcast, where we discuss health and wellness topics relevant to you. I'm your ambassador host, Karis Mothers, and I'm also here with Rob Duffy. Hello. And Coach Stephanie. Hi. Today, our guest host will be Jamie Minders, fire inspector with the Yuma Fire Department. Hello. During this episode, we'll be talking about what is emergency preparedness, mental preparedness. And as always, we'll finish up with everyone's favorite segment, Ask the Health Coach. So to get started, let's discuss what exactly is emergency preparedness and what are some of the emergencies we might expect here in Yuma, Arizona?
1: Wait, let's clarify. Are we talking about like conspiracy theory prepping YouTube videos where you're hoarding everything in your house? Doomsday prepper? Yes, or just being prepared for, you know, something that could locally happen.
2: I think it's going to be different for everyone. I mean, I'd love for us to be able to really hit on something for everyone, take a look at what emergency preparedness means on a small scale, on a large scale. And then I guess doomsday would be on an even larger scale.
3: Yeah, I think it I think it depends on the person. But um, I think it comes down to realizing that everyone's going to have an emergency at one time or the other. And it's important to be prepared because that's what's going to get you through it. So,
1: in my opinion, being prepared is, well, two things. One is is having an emergency travel bag, you know, because, you know, sometimes you just got to leave town for, uh, you know, health emergencies or whatever. And then a 30-day emergency kit for power outages, water outages, stuff like that.
2: So, it sounds like you're saying to have a plan.
1: A plan. Nice.
2: So, that kit, hang on, I want to go back to that. Your emergency bag that you have, what's something you pack in it?
1: Uh, A set of clothes, uh, some basic toiletries, a little bit of like an extra credit card and ID, and that's about it. Passport. Yeah.
2: There we go. So that's planning for if you have to go somewhere because of an event that pops up.
1: Well, like, uh, you know, you have relatives that are getting older or whatnot, and they have a medical emergency, and, you know, you go to the hospital to be with them or whatever because it just happens that... Every time there's a big medical emergency, we end up going to Phoenix or San Diego or something like that. And uh, you just, you know, want to be prepared.
2: Right. That's really smart. So that's looking at drop of a hat. I can leave the house. Yes. Nice. So when we're taking a look at food, do you ever pack any supplies ahead of time for food for trips like that? Or do you stop on the way?
1: Actually, in my truck, my personal truck, I keep an MRE and a case of water.
2: Nice. So that's.
1: Not everyone has access to MREs and stuff, but, you know, there's always, like, a Nutrigen bar, you know, some health bars or whatnot. Right. But water, that, for sure.
2: Yeah. Food that can be stable. Yeah. And then, yeah, making sure you have water. And out here, I mean, I don't know if that sunlight changes anything. I mean, looking at that container, you know that if you leave a plastic container in the sun, that's not really the most beneficial. Mm-hmm. So, do you store it somehow?
1: Uh, the MRE comes in, you know, the military mm-hmm. ration still... It comes in like a real dark plastic case, however it comes, you know, and it's just under the back seat. That's all.
2: Nice. Oh, that's perfect. So it's, it's shaded. It's yeah. in the, yeah, yeah, that's a great spot.
3: Yeah. It's important if you have, you know, some people have kids or pets, you know, throw in dog food or throw in, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever tailor it to your
1: medications, to your, dog yeah, food, exactly. everything you need.
3: Yeah.
2: Now, would you have multiple bags depending on how big the family is?
3: I would say so. Yeah. It depends on, on the size of the family. I think they recommend about like 72 hours worth of supplies for, for whoever's needed. So
2: nice. Now looking at the necessities that you just named, I know that for my family specifically, we have a fire bag that has all of our most important information. If we need to get out of the house and we're not sure if we can go back to the house.
1: Oh, that's smart.
2: So we've packaged that up and that's in waterproof, containers inside of that bag so it has a lot of our medical history information that we need to have passports all of that is stored there
1: so for that i keep i have a fireproof safe
2: nice and is that something that you can grab and go or you can just
1: leave it takes like three or four people to move yeah (laughs) but i know if something happens to the house everything's protected i can eventually get to it you know nice perfect
3: so interesting we we had a, a fire recently um with a safe, I have a safe at home, too. I think, you know, a lot of people do. Well, the the, the safe kept everything safe from fire, um, but water did get in. So oh. I have since purchased a waterproof bag to keep in the safe.
1: Smart. So like if you have, like I have a backup thumb drive with yeah. a bunch of info on it.
3: Right. I would definitely get a, a bag or even a Ziploc or something to keep that water safe as well.
1: Good idea.
2: That's really smart. And that's something, I mean, looking at a Ziploc, you can find that anywhere. The Waterproof Bags, uh, Sportsman's, that's a good spot, right?
3: Kind of Amazon everything. Amazon.
2: Uh, (laughs) Ah, have it come straight to you. I like it. So that's really looking at our day-to-day, you know, if something were to happen. What about a bigger scale? Do you guys have your pantries full just in case?
0: So that's one of the things that I keep having on my list to do. I'm good on, like, medical supplies. I'm good in a lot of areas, but I don't have as much backup food as I would like to have. But I just keep putting it off. Right. And it's not going to be there when
2: I need it. Right. So that's, I mean, looking at something like frozen meals.
1: Well, you got to watch the frozen stuff because if you run out of power and you don't have a generator, then your refrigerator will only last so long. Right. Especially if you have kids and they open and close it all the time.
2: You just used the word generator. Let's take a look there. <laughs> Dive right on in. So having a backup generator, I know just last night, the power went off in my neighborhood. And I don't know about you guys, but this, the power going off means... You lose your AC. Oh, it gets warm. So, right? And you don't know really when the power is going to go back on. So your goal is leave the refrigerator shut. Yes. Leave the doors shut so it maintains that AC, that cool, as cool as can be. And you're not looking at moving around a lot, doing a lot. You want to make sure that you're keeping it safe and taking a look at wherever you're going to be able to get that information for when the power can come back on.
1: Yeah, and you got to watch your cell phones then, too, because if the power doesn't come back on and you're low on battery anyway, you can't recharge it. Right. So check the text, to check the emails from APS.
2: So now we've got two different power sources, a generator to be able to run any system that you may need to run. If you need to plug in a fridge, whatever, you know, you need to keep safe. But then do you have a backup battery to be able to power your phone so you can get information when you need to?
1: I don't.
0: I do, actually. Yeah. That's one area where I'm actually prepared. I have we have one for each phone in the house just in case.
2: Nice. And how often do you charge them?
0: We probably check every couple of months
2: so smart nice kara yeah. awesome
3: i don't i think i'd rely on my vehicles there
2: oh, yeah so that's, that's
3: the next option. step awesome
2: so looking at your vehicles making sure that you're keeping it fueled how many of us let that run a little low sometimes oh, definitely yeah, that's yeah. something
3: it's important to keep i mean when stuff i remember there was a water outage or something a while back and everyone kind of freaked out and thought fuel was going to go down next i had no yeah. relation but the, the gas pumps were i mean it was almost impossible to get in. So I think it's important to keep keep your vehicle fueled so up. So do you
1: refill at half a tank or do you let it even get that low?
3: So I don't let my truck get that low because uh, it doesn't run very well under half a tank. So mm. that is the reason I don't. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I think it's important to keep it um, three quarters or so. Yeah, Yeah.
0: So we're talking about a lot of different things we might want to keep on hand here. It can get overwhelming. Is there some place that we can look? that has maybe a list of suggested items. You might want to personalize it based on your particular situation or needs, but is there a place to look for a a basic list to start off
2: on?
3: I know the Yuma Fire Department posted uh, this week um, uh, an article on emergency preparedness. Um, I know that's a good reference point.
2: And we do have that up, Kara, right?
0: Yes, that's going to be in the resources folder on SharePoint along with this podcast.
2: Wonderful. So that's a great way to reorganize, really look at what is it you do have a great holdover for your preparedness and what are we kind of working on? You know, so I know for my family, having food ready just in case it keeps it so that our stress level can remain low when something happens, having that go bag for what we find most important, you know, for our information, it just it helps to keep Keep you from feeling like you're even more overwhelmed. You have some control,
1: and you don't have to spend a lot of money either. No. So there's some really expensive. They're nice, but really expensive prepper move, uh, food kits. But you can go to the 99-cent store and stock up on canned food just as just as well.
2: Right. That's. I mean, that's great. I know Sam's Club and Costco both have those. I guess they're more of a doomsday or if you do have a house that is kind of off the beaten path, you know, so if you're someone that has a cabin somewhere yeah. out in the desert, that sort of thing, you know, you need to have the extra water, the extra food there because you don't know, you know, if there's a flood that happens when we get too much rain, you have that flash flood and it takes out the road, it may take a little bit before you can access, you know, if you're going for a hike, being prepared for the hike, making sure you have the water.
0: Absolutely. And actually, another good place to look is the camping section at Walmart or Target. They're going to have some dehydrated meals and other sorts of supplies that, yeah, they're good for camping, but they're also nice to have on hand for emergencies.
2: Right. And you had brought up the medical supplies, a first aid kit. How many of us have one?
1: Oh, I got a nice one. Big one. Yeah? Yeah.
2: How often do you resupply it?
1: Uh, As often as I need to.
2: Nice. Well, because
1: I'll dig in there every now and then. Like the other day, there's a, a, I had a cut and I dug in some, uh, dug out some super glue I had in there.
2: Oh, I'm super like, glue is amazing. Super glue and so, duct tape. Yeah. Supplies that you can use for just oh, about yeah. anything.
3: I recently got one for uh, for my truck and I have um, also discovered for city employees are covered under HSA. So we can use our HSA card for those.
1: Oh, for first aid kits. Yeah.
3: Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. What great
2: news! I like that. So then when we're taking a look at the extremely large scale, we've looked at making sure that you have that plan for your food, making sure that you have medical supply plan. So that can even take a look into insulin, looking at what you need to supply or where you need to go to get it. So that's important to talk to your doctor. Make sure that you know that any of that, the medical supplies that you need, if you were to have something come up, you know how to access that.
0: Absolutely. And prescription medications, um, you might have a little bit of a a difficult time getting your insurance to cover an extra maybe 30 days dose. But I think it's worth going through that trouble just to make sure you have it on hand.
2: Yeah. And there's the times of the year where we know that we're going to have more rain or we know that there are things that are going to come up. That's always a good time to make sure you're prepared for that as well.
1: So I want to ask too, after, after there's a house fire, and the family loses everything they have almost. How can they prepare for that? Like, what do they do afterwards?
3: So I think the most important thing is um, for preparing for a fire is to have a meeting place with your family. I think that's crucial. You should all be like, okay, this is, you know, is mm-hmm. on fire, one or more exits may be blocked. This is where we're gonna meet up so that everybody knows where to go. Um, it's important to practice different ways out of the house. We're all inclined to kind of go in and out the front door, or you know.
1: Yeah, but but I mean, like, everyone's out safe. Right. The the fire's out. How do you prepare for life afterwards?
3: Uh, luckily, we have Red Cross. They help out a lot with that. Um, in that in- instance, um, I would say, if it's possible, maybe keep a keep a kid at work or something, or keep if you have another family member's house, maybe keep something there.
1: That's smart. Um,
3: if, if you're able to, mm-hmm. um, it would probably be a great idea. I actually might start keeping something at work just in case that does happen. Because
1: Yeah, I mean, because we can have all the first aid kits and food prep in the pantry and everything else. But if the place, you know, there's no home to go back to, then...
2: Right. What oh. happens when it's the unknown? Yeah.
0: And Jamie just brought up a great point. Having something at work. How many of us have a stash of supplies of here at bars? work? Well, yeah, food... <laughs> Or anything else you might need. What if we get stuck here? What if we, what if something happens, and we are here for a, a longer than we normally are for a day's work? I have nothing. That's something to think about. I,
2: I agree. Here at City, I do not have anything, but my car typically has extra stuff because I'm constantly on the move. So, like you said, Rob, having something in the car. You know, usually I'll have a change of clothes. I mean, sometimes it may be a golf outfit, so I don't really know how far I'm going to make it in that.
1: At least they'll be dry or something, you know?
2: Right, true. So having that and having a towel, that's something that is, I mean, think about it. On a sunny day to have a towel to be able to keep over your head so that you can keep the sun off you, something basic. Yeah. Smart. We've covered
0: supplies, and we've covered plans, but what about preparing ourselves
2: mentally?
1: The what-if game, what if this happens, what do I do?
2: Right, and not only the the before, trying to make sure we have a plan for our mental health afterwards, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but if my house burns down, if I go through some big catastrophic event, it's going to stress me.
0: Absolutely. That
2: anxiety, that unknowable, the unknown, you know, what's your next step? So that's really what we're looking at because we can be a very focused individual and then something like this can rattle us. So that's really where I know. First off, I just want to say we do have a resource that we've posted along with this, pod, with this podcast on mental health. So that way you can access it and take a look at if any of those resources may be helpful to you even now or something that you can know about before something hits so you can check back and have access to that after.
3: Yeah, I think mental preparedness is a, a, a very tough one because, I mean, physically, you know, we're talking about these emergencies, these kits, you've got them. Um, mental preparedness is something that's kind of, I mean, your mind's all—you always, always got to kind of keep that in check because, I mean, you can be in one aspect prepared, but then you can kind of start getting into the, the what ifs. And then you, you almost get to the point where you're psyching yourself out because you're so scared of everything. So I think with mental preparedness, um, the best way to break it down is just keeping your mind in check, you know, which which is harder to do than it sounds for sure. And also watching out for, for your family and your buddies and everything like that, you know, how are they dealing with everything?
2: That, that's an amazing way to look at it too, is it's not only you that went through this. It's, everyone around you, you know, making sure your family feels like they're understood for this struggle that they're going through, your friends, under, you know, just knowing that everyone, you're not alone, you know, and that that can be one of the most helpful things is knowing you're not alone.
0: So one great way to kind of prepare mentally for emergency would probably to have a good support network
2: yes i agree 100 percent that support network and i mean where kara i mean for you where would you find that
0: um it's absolutely my family first um my mom my sister are you know amazing i can call them and talk to them about anything very supportive they do anything for me so i know i can go to them um and also i mean i have people at work too but family is you know where i head first
2: nice rob do you have a network in place
1: yeah, it's family for me too. I mean, uh, we all grew up hunting and fishing and all that stuff. So we all have basic camping supplies and that knowledge of just being out camping for a week or two and not having to worry because we're used to it. So It I, sounds I, like
2: you have each other's backs. Yeah, too. exactly. So, yeah.
1: I mean, we know we can rely on each other. We know uh, everyone's kind of predict their actions and what they're going to do. And but, yeah, like Kara said, family is, is the major support structure for me as well.
2: Right. And sometimes you're also looking at, you know, I saw Yuma rally around the fire victims, you know, and that's sometimes it is your community. It's not just your friends, your family. Sometimes the entire community, you know, is is going to step up because they understand that if this happened to them, you know, so that's another it's not you you working with your mental preparedness it's the community helping to bolster it what do you think Jamie
3: yeah definitely um, I, I, and you know like you guys mentioned I think pretty much everyone has some sort of family whether they can whether they consider their friends their family or um, but it's always important to I think some of us can get to where we're like oh, I got this going on you know I went through this but it's no big deal everybody else is going through something worse and you almost shut down and don't want to talk about it And it's important to talk about it, you know, Um, we're predispositioned to want to talk about it, you know? So I think it's definitely important to use those support networks for sure.
2: Right. And there's also, you know, sometimes it is the hardest to talk to your friends and family about things that are really bothering you. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You want to show that you're tough and you're stable and you've got all this covered and you can handle everything that's being thrown at you. And this is really the time where, you know, reaching out to someone that you don't know that doesn't know you and talking to them can be extremely helpful. So that's where taking a look at,
1: there's no judgment,
2: right? Your EAPs allow for that help, you know, and there are other resources out there. So if you ever want to reach out just to find out what those resources are, that's an amazing, I reach out to your health coach, reach out to me. I would love to send those on to you. If you know someone that just would love more information, you know, because we have September being National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. October is National Depression and Mental Health Screening Month. I mean, the, the fact that we have these as months to really check back in and remember that our mental health is important means that we might not all be focusing on that as a priority in our life. So that's something that it's nice, again, to have friends, family, our community help us But sometimes it's a little bit more than that, and that's when having someone that you don't know can be really helpful to just step in and help you cope with something that you might not understand how to cope with on your own.
1: So uh, what about getting with your neighbors and having all your neighbors or your neighborhood be your support plan? And what I mean is develop a a neighborhood-wide emergency plan. What house can you go to? Who's willing to... What house in that neighborhood is not going to help you and which ones are you know, what I mean?
0: I think that's a, an amazing idea where I think we're coming to a time where a lot of us aren't when I grew up I could go to any any house on my block and yes. they knew who I was What house I was from they would you know take care of me right knocking me. on a door
2: and asking for a snack was okay
0: Yeah, you it's it's not the same anymore,
2: but it could be Right, and that's where being safe. I mean First off, when you move to a new neighborhood, when you're in your neighborhood, how often do you talk to your neighbors? You know? There's only a few. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I know, I mean, I've done plenty of moves, and every time I move, Yuma has been the most interesting due to the fact that the summer... has been the
1: best. Yuma's
2: amazing. That's right. But I moved here in the summer, which meant that people were not outside.
1: Yeah. You don't see them. No. Not not until the sun goes down.
2: Exactly. So I did i wasn't sure if people my neighborhood was friendly turns out i have a great neighborhood i have a great group of people that i would rely on if say when my power did go out last night i walked outside and we had a group of 10 people hanging out in a driveway
1: you, you found out who has the pool
2: right well that's yes <laughs> you also know that very quickly
3: It's important to know your neighbors. I had a neighbor call me at work one time and he's like, hey, you're, you know, one of your sprinkler heads broke. And I didn't think much of it, but it's pretty cool to have that. Yeah. Those connections. That support, that
1: backup, that. Yeah. Do you have a
2: neighbor's phone number? Yeah. Yeah.
1: On both sides.
2: See that? Yeah. And that's keeping an eye on it. I mean, some of us have the cameras in front of our house to keep an eye on our house. I've used mine to help my neighbor let her know when her packages arrived.
3: Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And even back to like emergencies, you know that that can um, we've for fire investigations, we've captured video from some of the neighbors, like ring cameras. And, and oh, that's stuff. really cool. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: That's so helpful. And making sure, you know, if you see your neighbor outside, and I don't know the heat, depending on what you've got going on, you see someone that doesn't look like they're still moving along. Well, they're still doing everything that they were doing. They've stopped moving. They're sitting down. They look overwhelmed you can always use that as something to check in. I mean, making that phone call. Bring them
1: a cold beverage. Right.
2: Bring them a cold beverage. Or if you're not home, giving them a call and asking if they're doing okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's super important. comes back to community and looking out for each other as well as ourselves. That's awesome. Today, instead of Ask the Health
0: Coach, we're going to do Ask the Guest Host. And Coach Stephanie has a great question.
2: Yeah. My question for you, Jamie, is what do you see as one of the top or one of the biggest causes of fire here in Yuma?
3: So one of the things I see multiple times is um, exhaust fans being left on continuously um, in either bathrooms or laundry rooms. Um, They're left on even after they start making a weird noise and and they get like a buildup of dust and lint um, and people just some people just leave them on all the time for sound, um, and those those do start fires.
1: See, I would have thought that the motors would burn out before you know they start sparking or whatever.
2: Yeah, like, and I'm. How often do you clean yours? I mean, I don't know. I'm. This is something that it really makes me think of when I go home. I'm checking to see if that's something that I can easily clean, if it's something that I can add to my daily routine, or not daily, monthly routine. Whoa, <laughs> Every day. Jamie, you just got me. I understand. This is now something I have not prepared
3: for. Yeah, no, it's something I didn't really uh, even think about till I became a fire investigator. But if yours are making any type of noises or, you know, steam um, through the grates, if they look pretty pretty dirty, it's important to clean those or get them, get them changed out, honestly. Like best. in the
1: bathrooms or the kitchens?
3: Um, I don't know if I've seen them in kitchens. It's usually no. bathrooms and laundry rooms okay. I see them in.
1: No, oh yeah, because the exhaust fans in the kitchens are like above the stove. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, or yeah. your microwave. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm talking like the built-in
1: the like in the, the bathroom for the moisture, yeah. Yeah, I could see the lint build up and the dirt right. build up. Yeah. Yeah. Makes so sense.
0: That that brings to mind a, I think a really great section of preparedness that we haven't really talked about is prevention and the things that you can do around the house making sure things are properly maintained and cleaned so that you hopefully will never have to to live through one of these fires
1: that makes me think of the laundry vent the dryer vent
0: oh Oh, that's a good one yeah
2: Yeah. you vacuum that thing out
1: yeah i i usually get the garden blower (laughs) and then blow it up out the roof
2: (laughs) that's a great way i mean that's
3: it it. good way to do it yeah um um, the use of extension cords is, you know, oh, another yeah. thing. Good thing to keep, you know, not not use those in your home for extended periods of time.
2: Right, you're not supposed to leave those plugged in.
3: No, no, they they uh, they overheat and they don't have any overcurrent protection like you know, like surge protectors do. They right, trip, so so it's important. Um, check your smoke detectors. <laughs> <Make sure they laughs> That's work. a good one.
1: I would have never thought about the exhaust fans being the cause, one of the most causes of fires.
3: Right,
2: but ha- have you cleaned yours? no kara i have cleaned
0: the e- external event but i've not opened up the grate and looked inside
3: yeah i need to i stopped using mine and i'm just going to change it out honestly yeah <laughs> thank you
2: jamie that <laughs> definitely i mean we all out of the four people in the room all of us will now check ours
3: yeah definitely i've heard um it's good to put them like on a timer too instead of just a switch so they don't get left on Oh, that's a great idea. I love
2: timers. That's smart.
3: As a thank you, Jamie
0: will receive an exclusive Employee Wellness Center gym towel. If you would like to send in a question for us to answer in our Ask the Health Coach segment, please email it to Coach Stephanie or COI Wellness at Umaaz.gov. Thank you for listening. If you're looking to get more involved in employee wellness, please check out our SharePoint site. You can find it by clicking on the Wellness link on the Internet homepage. And to stay in the know on the go, sign up for Wellness Ambassador text notifications. Just text Wellness to 844 702 1451.
3: Oh, thank you.